Welcome to the Zero to Profitable Franchise Podcast, the best place for you to come to figure out the right franchise to buy and how to get and stay profitable. My name is Tark Johnson, and I've bought, grown, and sold multiple franchises and got myself free from corporate America, and now I'm on a mission to help you do that too. Here you'll find some of the most in-depth, profitable franchise secrets, tangible strategies, and specific mindsets to help you create your dream life through franchising. So what if you could build a franchise business that generates over $4 million a year in sales? Oftentimes people ask me, can you really build wealth with a franchise? Like, is it really possible to scale into a larger business? Well, today's episode has done just that. I talked to Adam, who's a friend of mine that I've known for about seven years now, and he's built a significant sized franchise business owning seven budget blind territories. He's built a multi, multi, multi-million dollar business, and he did this all after leaving a very successful role in the corporate world. Now get this, he actually picked the wrong franchise the first time. He got involved with a franchise that wasn't exactly what he thought it would be, and then quickly recovered, pivoted to a budget blinds, and then quickly scaled that business. So in this episode, we talk about how he went from owning only two territories to eventually owning seven territories and how he did that with his business partner. We also talk about what it's like owning and building a franchise business with a business partner. Now, this episode is a true masterclass in what's possible with franchise ownership and how to use it as a strategy to build a very lucrative business. Also, I have access to a number of profitable budget blind resales. So if you wanna see uh, if there's one in your area, send me and my team an email at info at Now, if you wanna buy a franchise in the next 12 months or less, you should check out my free masterclass at buyaprofitablefranchise.com. And if you wanna work with me and my team on finding or buying a franchise or resale business, then you can go to tarkjohnson.com slash consulting, and we're happy to see if we can help. With that said, let's jump into episode number eight, of the Zero to Profitable Franchise Podcast. All right, everyone. I'm here with uh, Adam Berryman. I'm uh, I'm super excited to uh, to start this podcast episode. Uh, Adam and I have a, a, a unique uh, story behind how we met. Actually, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to jump into that. Actually, I'll just mention real quick. We met when I owned my franchise. He was right next door to me, and uh, he would come in and get smoothies, and we would chit chat and talk and all kinds of uh, cool stuff. I even tried to sell him my store. I think. When I had decided to buy that, I that I was in a sell. I was like, "Hey, man, you want to buy my store?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally did. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. I about that. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, w- welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, glad to be here. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'd love for you to just kind of give like a like a sixty second about like who you are, what, like what brand, like what brand you own. So people can understand, um, you know, what it is that you do. Like you're not no, no hate to anyone who just owns a single franchise, but you're not like your average Joe, you have a pretty big business. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, went to school to do finance <laughs> and never really practiced. I ended up working in retail for 13 years and, uh, you know, enjoyed that, learned a lot of things, uh, was in an environment where, you know, it was a lot more of a, it was corporate, but a little bit more of an open book where I could actually understand P&Ls and financials. And, you know, it was a lot like, you know, running your own business, but with the backstop of uh, a big corporation and, you know, all the departments that come along with that to do the work. Um, and, and so, you know, over time, you know, you learn a lot of things, uh, you know, politics change and things change and you get to, not, you know, I got to a point where I wanted to go out on my own, do my own business. Um, and, and for me, franchising was the ideal considering my background, you know, having all those departments behind me and, you know, knowing my strengths, uh, you know, and my weaknesses, <laughs> um, you know, the franchise, the franchising, you know, was, uh, was pretty an obvious, pretty obvious choice for me, just because they have a lot of those things already well developed, and the operations are dialed. Uh, you know, um, and so you know, I went out and and started looking into the franchise world, and and 
um, originally came across Supercuts. Um, so, you know, my mom was in the salon industry growing up. So I had, you know, some, I wouldn't call it experience there, right? Because it's not like I'm cutting hair necessarily, but I, you know, I spent a lot of time in salons and understanding, you know, kind of how the operation works and all that. So um, kicked off at that and uh, it was a little slow rolling and I needed, you know, a little bit more uh, to go. And I, I couldn't see the, 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 you know, the, the end game coming fast enough. Um, and so my, my now business partner and, and, and neighbor, next door neighbor, we're hanging out, you know, having a, having a drink. And, uh, <laughs> we're just, you know, he was, he's, a, he was in defense contracting and he was kind of, kind of burned out too. And we're like, Hey, let's, let's try to do something together as well. So we could both kind of, uh, you know, expedite, you know, getting away from corporate America. And, um, you know, we, we started looking and, 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 um, and we weren't really coming across a lot of a lot of good things, and 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 my mom of all people had uh, bought a new place, and she had a company called Budget Blinds come out to do new blinds for her place that they were remodeling, and the lady, the franchisee, was just ranting and raving about it, and um, you know, I, I when she called me, she's like, you should check this out because she knew I was looking, uh, but when when I did, um, it, it was. Uh, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know much about that. I don't, that don't, you know, it kind of sounded like another, it, it just wasn't like what I thought I would want to do with my own business ultimately. And, you know, still working in retail, trying to get the supercut started. And eventually I'm driving down the road, just had a bad day at work, which were pretty common at that point. And a commercial for buy a budget blinds franchise came on the radio and, uh, you know, it was a little, you know, kismet, I guess at that point. And I just jumped on and, I called them and started talking to their uh, sales department, you know, the franchise sales department. And, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, we don't have corporate franchises in your area for sale. Cause they kind of started where I'm at in Southern California. So it was a little saturated, but the, they were like some of our friends that, you know, have owned franchise for a while, have theirs for sale in your backyard. So, um, you know, we started in due diligence and, you know, the rest is history, you know, that's uh, so now it's, budget blinds and super cuts, you know, ultimately. Um, and so that's, that's how we got here. This is <laughs> yeah, that's the beginning, that's, you know, <laughs> that's the beginning. Yeah. And there's, there's so much to that, that I want to unpack. Cause I, you know, obviously we've, you know, we've been friends, we've talked, we've talked uh, a bunch of times. So I know a lot more of some of the, the off ramps of that story, which, which, uh, which I want to dive into some of those things. Cause it's really fascinating. I didn't know, that part of the story and how that happened, which is, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it that, is like, crazy. you know, you're like your mom had blinds done and she's like, Hey, you should think about this franchise. And, uh, that it all sounds very synchronistic. Uh, well, another, like a, just a side point, you know, at, um, a year ago, you know, a year ago from December, I actually bought more franchise for budget blinds in Nashville with my mom <laughs> and my stepdad. <laughs> As that so that that's even a, another extension of you know how how all that's went down. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty, amazing. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So how how many in total in your franchise portfolio? Can you tell everyone how like how many how many do you own of of each? So on the supercut side, we only really made it to two. So Lloyd Lloyd, my business partner, came in with me on the supercut, so we could kind of you know go in together on all of it. You know, I didn't want to be you know we talked about it, and I didn't want to be you know, over here focused on one thing where, you know, we've got this equitable partnership on the other side. So we want to be fair and, and make sure that we can both, you know, evenly put our you know, strengths and weaknesses, you know, together to, to, to divide and conquer on both sides. Um, but we only really made it to two stores on the supercut side. Um, and on the budget blind side now, Lloyd and I have uh, five territories. So we started with two and, and made some acquisitions over, you know, the past six, seven years. Um, and, and then I own now the two territories, uh, South of Nashville, you know, South Nashville, Franklin, uh, out that market, uh, with my family, with my stepdad and my mom. Wow. So in total, you have seven territories with budget blinds and then two locations with supercuts. Yeah, well, one of the Supercut stores sold last year, so we're down to one. Oh, got it. Wildem okay, Wildemar still. It. <laughs> Thank you. You saw the Wildemar one? No, we kept the Wildemar one. Oh, okay. We had Laguna Laguna Hills that we had, and we sold it, and we kept the Wildemar one. Got it. Cool, man. Awesome. All right, so 
So now that everyone has like an idea of your background, which is, I mean, this is, you know, that's exciting. Like a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people that want to buy franchises, you know, they reach out. And for most, for many people who have the dream of one day owning or building a franchise business, they would look at someone like you as to like where they want to be in five, 10 years. I mean, owning, you know, seven territories that is, I mean, you, I mean, you have a, a pretty substantial uh, business, which is awesome. And congratulations on, you know, on your success. That's, that's really cool. Thank you. And so ha- tell us about a little bit more about how you got started and what you were doing before. Cause I think a lot of people might be able to relate. You were, you were very successful in the corporate world. Like that's not an easy leap to make. So talk about what you were doing before. I think you're working, you know, um, at, uh, O'Reilly auto parts and what you were doing. And then, like really that definitive moment though of like, okay, after thinking about it, now I'm ready to pursue this. Yeah. I, I, uh, at, at, toward the, to the end of the O'Reilly, uh, you know, era, I, I was, you know, over, you know, I was in operations. I was over, you know, give or take a hundred stores, you know, kind of in the Southern California over into, you know, kind of in the Southwest over into Arizona. And, um, you know, I had, you know, multiple stores, multiple locations, district managers, outside sales team. Um, you know, I had, uh, you know, I, I got P&Ls for every store every month. I got, you know, I, you know, really kind of that was dialed. I had about, I had about 2,500 total team members at the end of the tenure. So it was, it was quite wow. the operation. I mean, it was, you know, we were doing, we were doing quite a bit of volume. And so, you know, and it, it was a phenomenal, you know, young man, you know, in the, in that kind of a position and career and, and, you know, but my life changed, you know, I had my kids and, you know, my son was born and, you know, I traveled a lot, you know, there's a, in, in working in retail, there's a lot of um, push and pull like all the time. It's just, you know, there's no off hours, you know, late in the night, a lot of traveling weekends, you know, they're the busiest time, you mm-hmm. know, stores getting broke into and just a lot of, a lot of things can go, go wrong, you know, where you have to get involved. And, um, you know, with, with, with a new kid and my wife has a full-time, you know, career, uh, it was just a little too much, you know, I, I didn't want to sacrifice, you know, some of the family life for, you know, the job. And so, you know, trying to build something around that was the goal, the end game. And it, it's worked out that way so far. So, yeah, it was a, it was a smart move to, <laughs> in hindsight anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us about that moment though, of, uh, like, okay. So, you know, you know, obviously all this is weighing on you, right. You're doing all this traveling, you're working a lot. It's, you know, to oversee over a hundred locations and in that capacity, it's a big responsibility. What was that moment of like, all right, I gotta, I'm, I'm jumping ship. I got to find something. I'm, I'm going to take the leap and make this, take this risk. I don't, I, you know, I don't know that there's one, you know, significant moment really it's, you know, you start, you know, compounding things really ultimately you start thinking about quality of life and, and, you know, my son, my son really kind of made the biggest impact because, you know, I, I didn't want to be away. I didn't want to be distracted. I, you know, now, granted, I can be that way still, but but it's not near as significant, not near as um, forced. Um, you know, I have a lot more control over all that uh, than I did. But I, I wouldn't say there was any significant moment. It was it was a period of time where, you know, you know, I, I you know, working for um, a big publicly traded company, working in retail, you know, you don't always, you know, I, I'm, I'm very independent and I like, you know to have my hands on things. I like to make my own decisions and, and, you know, research and, you know, all that. Well, you get to a certain point and a company gets large enough. If you're not in the top echelon, you're not making the decisions. And, you know, there's, there's a period of time where I would just get a little frustrated with decisions being made and not having the, the control over them. And I think that, you know, really got me thinking about, you know, if I want to have control over decisions being made, then, you know, the, the, one obvious path is to just have my own business. Mm. Yeah. I think there's, I can, I know I can totally relate to that. And I'm sure, I'm sure so many other people can relate to that too. So then your first, so the first uh, franchise business that you did was Supercuts, right? Correct. 
And was that the, was that the, that wasn't the Voldemort location, right? That was the other one. So the process, you know, with, with Regis, the parent company uh, was, you know, you come in and you buy in and they're, they're giving you a geographic region and it may have been similar for you. You know, you don't necessarily go in with a particular store. They're starting to work you with their real estate team in a certain market to try to develop out. Now they're very mature company, especially again, they started in Los Angeles. <laughs> and so, you know, the saturation was, uh, is pretty deep here. Some very long-term franchisees, um, you know, that had that, those years of experience, um, you know, atop of me coming in kind of entry level. So even they were getting precedence over stores, rightfully so, right. They, they have yeah. a proven track record. Um, and so, you know, I mean, kind of in San Diego and even in San Diego was very well developed, old school franchisees. Um, so they gave us the opportunity to go east into like kind of the Temecula, you know, that Marietta market. Corporate owned the stores there and they they would build corporate stores just to play defense um, if nobody wanted to go there. So since their bulk of their franchisees were all kind of out of L.A., nobody wanted to go that far. Mm. Uh, and so a lot of the conversation started around taking over a lot of that. So it's like, go improve, build your, build, build a store. And eventually we're going to start packaging these corporate stores up because they don't, they didn't really want to hold them. They only put them there for defense. Um, and so, you know, we, we kind of, we, and then Laguna actually just came on to the market. He was a new franchisee that had a lot of other things going on. And, and he chose some other things over that. He had some real estate stuff going on and, you know, this one salon thing wasn't going to work for him. And, you know, it was the same for us. You know, we my, my goal was to make that similar to my retail career where I had groups and district managers and, you know, had all that structure in place. I, I didn't necessarily want to be the owner operator or even, you know, just even managing the managers uh, ultimately um, directly. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we went, you know, kind of, kind of went down that path and, and then they never, they, they, it, for the longest time, they never even put those stores up. They just held them as corporate, you know, stores. And so we ended up, mm -hmm. we bought Laguna first because that was first available. The real estate developing side is very slow rolling, you know, very, very slow rolling. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you know, you got to wait on the cities to approve and then you got to wait on, you know, all the permitting. And I mean, it can take years even. Um, oh, yeah. it, it essentially did with, with the Wildemar store, which came last um ultimately oh i remember i remember us like standing outside towards the end i mean that was a whole you know i say that i probably picked the hardest to go with the, to open my first franchise i probably picked one of the, the the hardest scenarios which was opening in a new construction shopping center i mean just like trying to get them to like uh like put a meter like a gas meter on the building, <laughs> you know, it was like, it was so difficult and so hard. And then, uh, you know, and then we were trying to get, I think, approved for our, our final occupancy, but the landlord still didn't get their final inspection done of the building for the fire inspection and the right. fire inspector wasn't coming out. And then there was like all these issues and we're like, all like, what the hell is going on? Like we're trying <laughs> right. to open. I need like, to, I need some sales. Like this has been nothing but expenses <laughs> up to this point. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. man, it was, that was, it was painful. And it, I mean, it, it can be, it very well can be. Um, so yeah, that, that, so that's the supercuts kind of, you know, run up and, and how we got to that point. And so the, the, you know, really by then we were, we were already doing budget months, you know, we had already, but by the time we actually had an, uh, functional store, open store, we were already doing budget blinds at that point. So we had yeah. licenses, but we didn't have a business yet. Yeah. Got it. All right, cool. So Leah, let's, let's pivot and talk a little bit about that, which is, you know, which is fascinating. Cause I think, you know, most people, you, I mean, you just so happen to own two brands that are pretty much household names, you know, I think, um, um, and people may not even realize their franchises, but I remember, I think we were, you know, we were standing outside, like drinking a smoothie or something like that. And you were telling me a little bit about like, yeah, I think at that point you might have had two territories right. uh, with budget blinds, and you right. were telling me—I don't remember the exact numbers, but I thought they were crazy. Something like you took like 
those two territories from 700,000 a year to like 3.2 million or something like that. Like, well, do you that, remember no, what that was that after was? we acquired a couple more of the okay. territories. Yeah. You know, yeah, we started that the original owners had, you know, that we bought the two territories from uh, first, you know, they, they interesting side story. It's the little brother of the founders of budget blinds. So when we got into doing our due diligence and got to meet the owners of this market, it was, uh, the, it was the little brother of the founders. And, uh, and it was, it was really cool because it's, he's like a little historian for them, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was, and, uh, you know, on top of that, I think we, you know, we, we lucked out in a sense of, you know, it gave us a little bit more connection. It gave us, you know, of course he probably had a little bit more substantial territory than most would get, you know, cause they're zip code based by, you know, households and, and all that. Um, and so, you know, once we kind of dug in and, and, you know, started looking and they had, they were running about, you know, an $800,000 a year business, something like that, you know, kind of all in um, from their house, you know, it was just ran out of their house. Um, you know, Zach, the, the, and that was one territory or two. That was two. That was, that was two. two. And uh, Zach, Zach, would, you know, he was doing sales. They, you know, had another guy doing sales sometimes part-time, you know, had a couple of installers. They would, you know, have do the work and his wife is, they had a home office and she just kind of run everything out of there. And, you know, I look back on that and it's just, it's just the amount of uh, product and everything that they had to house in their garage. And, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, for them, it was, it was a great, you know, it's one of the cool things about budget blinds is because you can do that. And, and a lot of the franchise do, you know, and, and run it out of your house and save on the overhead and, you know, be pretty well profitable, like pretty really profitable, you know, if you're, if you're okay with that kind of a, you know, work life balance, um, you know, we, when we went in, we, so we decided we weren't going to do that. So we committed to an office and, you know, started building the staff up and it, it was literally me, my business partner, we hired an admin and then we had one installer to start. And um, yeah, I think the first full year we did, you know, one point, almost 1.3. So it, you grew sales by half a million dollars the first year. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. And so, well, let's unpack that for a second. So how, like, how, how did you do that? Like what, like how, how did you go from 800,000 to 1.3 million in a year? Were you just spending a ton of money on marketing or was it just, you know, two brains? Like how, how do you experience that sort of growth? I, I mean, it's, there's multiple facets of it. You know, I, I, the, one of the, when we got in early, it was pretty obvious that, you know, it would, it would be easy to grow the team around what's going on. I think they hit their capacity because they wanted to hit their capacity. Mm. Um, you know, they, they only wanted to do so much, you know, they didn't want to have a lot of staff and you know, what, you know, the, some of the baggage that can come along with that. Um, yeah. And so they, it was only that way because they wanted it to be. Um, and so we didn't have to ramp up a lot on the marketing side. Uh, the brand was pretty established, you know, and so they, they were running about 50, over 50% repeat referral business. Um, wow. Which is pretty substantial from a marketing, you know, side of things. So we did, we, I mean, we did a little marketing tweaks, but, you know, we were still having to dial that back just because we, we, we had to keep staffing it to keep up and we didn't want to, you know, we went in really heavy on, we're going to have the best customer experience in our industry. And so we had to make sure we had the staffing um, in order to cover what we did. And, and we, we would, we would ramp up the marketing only when we were more comfortable with staff levels and, and all that, because we didn't want to, it's real easy to get over overwhelmed, you know, in that repeat. And we've, we've tried to keep that repeat and referral number where it's at, you know, as a percentage, just because, that's a good indicator on how we're taking care of customers, you know? And so that, that, you know, that kind of, it was kind of that, you know, it's like, you know, I was recruiting people from O'Reilly that I knew and bringing people <laughs> over and, you know, and uh, just bringing the right people and, and, you know, getting out there and we drove our average ticket up or, you know, I was, I was pretty uh, adamant about running a certain margin. So we started off early with that kind of culture of, you know, making sure that we, we, we're fair on a price, but we, we, you know, we are able to take care of customers the way we want to, you know, and there's a little bit of a premium in that. Um, and so, you know, that, that's, 
and just we've just kept layering on that. Really, that's kind of the, the foundation of things. And then Lloyd, you know, my business partner is he's you know I'm I'm a I'm a sales guy, you know, ultimately, um, and and you know operations a lot. You know, I mean, I did have a lot of experience in operations. Um, you know, Lloyd's background being more you know in the defense contracting world and and all that. Um, it just you know kind of really focused on marketing, focused on our finances, focused on you know, the office and building the right structure around that and making sure that we have good phone service and we have good practices and we're efficient and we're not wasting a lot of money on, you know, extra redundancy processes in the office and, and all that. So it was, it was, it was kind of a nice marriage of like, cause I'm, I'll go, I'll go hard and fast, you know, and sometimes maybe too much to where, you know, if there's not some kind of a backstop, <laughs> you know, you end up with, you end up with customer service problems because you get out there, you can, you know, and I was out doing sales early on and, and it, which was a lot of fun, uh, by the way, but, you know, you can drive it too fast and, and end up, you know, some of the wheels can start to fall off. Um, and so that yeah. was Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd was, Lloyd was just, he was just there kind of helping us keep the wheels on, you know? So it yeah, was, uh, it was fun. That was then early on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point because I, I I think some people that aren't in a franchise yet or just getting started, like they don't even realize that like with some businesses, like you can be as busy as you want to be. And that's the beautiful thing about a franchise uh, and really business ownership is like, look, if you want to build an empire and build a huge business that does millions of dollars a year in revenue and has 20, 30, 40 employees, you can. Or if you just want to be kind of like your own thing, you can. I have a client right now that's buying an existing uh, business. It's in like the small business printing space and he's getting it for cheap because the guy who runs it's like 70 years old. He doesn't have a team. He one man bans it. And, you know, this guy's going to get it for less than, you know, really like a one to one and a half times multiple Wow. And he's going to have the opportunity to go in there, you know, bring in a sales guy or bring in some, uh, an operations person to run the show. And like, I think he could legitimately two X, three X, the entire business, probably within just a couple of years, which is, which is fascinating. So, um, it's in our world, um, it, with budget blinds particularly, and I, you know, I just, I will mainly talk about budget blinds because it's so much more substantial of what, you know, I, you know, we're doing, um, yeah. the, 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 uh, there's, there's, it's, it's almost, you just have this dividing line between folks that want to go out and build it as big as possible, or just want to, um, you know, ultimately just have this nice little profitable control, fully controlled business. And you can look at financials and, you know, the in-between because getting from A to B is, is expensive, right? You don't, you're not extremely profitable in the mid period. You know, you, you, you definitely invest a lot of money in building the team and the systems and, you know, you make a lot of mistakes in growth and you have turnover and, you know, trying to get the right mix of everything, you know, so it's definitely a, you know, like in our case, you know, there was a couple of years of, you know, we had growing volume at, you know, huge clips, you know, 50%. 30, 35, 40%, you know, year over year. Um, and you, you look at the profitability back at what, you know, what we bought it from and what they kind of profitability they had because they just out of their house, no overhead, you know, husband and wife, you know, versus, you know, our intent was always to grow it and, and grow it as big as possible. And, and so we knew that you're going to have to put some of that capital back in, in order to, you know, get to where you want to be, but it's, but, you know, people will get stuck. They get stuck there because, you know, maybe they can't afford to do two years of that, or, you know, they get to the lifestyle of, you know, this is, this is, I'm used to this and I'm making this, I can't take a step back, you know? Um, so you really kind of have to know that, you know, you have to be prepared for that. And, you know, it's, it's cool. It is cool that you can do both, you know? But it is know, everybody. Everybody knows that that in between period, it, it, it's uh, not that we're not profitable. You know, just not near as profitable as the previous owners were, or we are now. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, tell us a little bit about the scope of your operation. So, like employees, how like how big is your business overall? And I, I don't know if you want to just you know mention the 
the five territories, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. But like, tell us about the business, the type of revenues you're doing, the the amount of employees that you have, and like the this the magnitude of the business. So currently, thanks to COVID, actually, so we had a, we had a, we had a. <laughs> You know, when COVID started, we had a, you know, it was a little daunting thing for us considering we're in people's houses all day, every day. And, yep. you know, you know, the, the instinct was, you know, we got to dial everything back and, and make sure that we're going to be able to, you know, stay whole and keep this business afloat when it first went down. And as most people know now, the demand for things, especially in home, went through the roof. And, uh, you know, so right now, as of well, last year, um, we did about 4.2 million in the five territories. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it was, we did about three, four the year before. So, you know, that was a pretty, and that was just the one year run up. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So 2020 was funky because it did take that hit early and we kind of dialed back and then, you know, then it kind of came alive towards the end of the year. So that wasn't that we were still comp, positive over year over year, but, you know, last year was just, it was pretty insane uh, growth in, you know, on a big number already, you know, um, right now, currently our team, we have, we have 15, we have five sales folks, um, I have a sales manager. Um, we have three installers and install manager, and we have a few people in our office. We have a finance uh, ma- manager, and then now we have a general manager. That's kind of a newer development over the past, say, three months, three, four months. So that's an uh, example of you reinvesting back in the business, right? You guys had a huge year, reinvest some of those profits back into a general manager, which now I would imagine, you know, they may just be getting started, but at some point it'll be able to offer you a better quality of life, right? In theory, because they're handling some of the things that you may have handled, right? Correct. Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of that next layer of, you know, taking, and uh, what it really uh, amounts to is you can kind of grow yourself back into just being distracted and busy and getting sucked into things nonstop, you know, and, and, you know, that's another thing that I think, you know, we've, we've learned and, and, and gotten better at is putting those layers in place because, you know, as an owner, you want to be focused on the high level things and the things that can help grow your business. But if you're not careful, you can just be in the grind all day, months go by, years go by, you know, and everything kind of stands as it is. And so, yeah, that investment back in, honestly, it was a few months ago, but, you know, in, in the time gained back, what I've been able to spend my time on in the past few months is significantly better than what I was spending my time on before he came into the picture. And, um, and I, and I feel like I'm going to add a lot more value. You know, I've spent a lot of, you know, I've kind of taken on marketing from Lloyd. Um, we're redoing our whole like financial side of the business because it just, we outgrew it, you know, basically. So that's a big project of, you know, trying to redo the whole, you know, back, the financial side of the business for the, for QuickBooks and the PL and all that. And, so that's all we're, we're, we're working with consultants right now to kind of revamp all that to be the size of a business that we are. Um, Interesting. And so we're, and, and also too, for valuation purposes and, you know, everything else. I mean, it's all, you know, that having that side of things is, is extremely important to the value of the business overall. Um, and so now I get to spend my time on big strategic projects. We had our first strategic planning meeting at the end of last year. So with our managers and the owners and we come in and, you know, we're talking about big strategic initiatives and things we can do better and grow into. And there's other markets, you know, that we can focus on and kind of layer on. And, um, you know, the marketing initiatives, there's just some some really um, and and timing wise, even from the marketing side, because home improvement stuff starting to kind of trend back down and we're still holding, you know, pretty strong in the in the scheme of things. And so that allow him, him coming in, the manager coming in has allowed, you know, Lloyd and myself both to start focusing and really pay attention to these high level things and be strategic about it and hire consultants because we can, and we can afford to do so to get another, some experts to come in and give us ideas on how to be more profitable and how to, you know, spend the money the right way and and to continue to grow the business. So it's, uh, I I would say that I have a little bit more flexibility (laughs) 
it's not <laughs> stressful, right? Because it's it's fun. Like the biz, build, business building part's what I really enjoy. So yeah, it's kind of back, back to that part. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you know, I think it's so cool, and I love it because you know, I, I, I think you and I are wired uh, probably very similarly, which is why we got along, you know, from the beginning. But it's like, I mean, you're a builder, you're an achiever, right? And so it's so cool that you're, you know, because some people have the misconception that, okay, I buy into a franchise, I'm going to get everything that I, that I want or need in order to grow this business, which, you know, I call it a business in a box, like kind of like from Ikea, right? It's like, you're going to, you're going to get the instructions overall. But I mean, if you really, really want to be a top performer, you're likely going to have to make some of your own investments into, like you said, I mean, you, you guys are hiring consultants and, and different things like that to, increase your profitability and make sure that you're growing and scaling your business. So what, I guess, what would you say to someone that is either just getting into the franchise space or thinking about getting in around making investments into themselves with consultants or coaches and different things like that so that they can, you know, if they have a desire to really scale and build, you know, a business. Uh, The one, one thing I will say, and and we've been, really good about this is follow the rule book. You know, that, that, that's the one, if you're not going to, if, you know, if you're not going to follow the plan with what, you know, the parent company is doing, it's probably not the right thing to go into a franchise business. Yeah. Um, you know, cause in nine times out of 10, you know, they're trying to do the right thing because they want to grow their business as well. And that that's the beauty of it. And it's, it's real easy to go, well, I would do it this way. Right. You know, but it's, it's all those, processes and, and things combined that make, you know, everything cohesive. And so I, I think, you know, because we have such a partnership with HFC, which is our parent company for budget blinds, um, I would say that like following the rule book and, and really, you know, partnering with them is, is huge that, you know, there's just, they'll tell you really how much you want to spend on marketing to grow. They can help you with that. You know, they, they, you know, they can help you, you know, we have a CRM and a really nice system to work off of, you know, which again, adds value to the business, but it also makes you operationally sound. Um, yeah. You know, so if, if you're going to do the franchise thing, you know, yeah, you have to reinvest back into the business, obviously, you know, and it's, it's normally number one, it's people, you know, it's, you know, just, you got to find the right people. You can't hold on to people that, you know, aren't right. <laughs> you know, you got to cut bait every once in a while and, and try to build the right team around, you know, and my, my old boss at O'Reilly used to say, you got to put the round peg in the round hole, you know, you can't have the square pegs. And um, so, you know, it's, it's those, you invest in the people and then, you know, really um, the marketing side of things. So if you have the right people doing the right things and, and you, you know, can drive the marketing side of the business. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to grow ultimately if you're in the right market. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think an interesting point, I mean, I know you talked about Lloyd, your partner and, 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 uh, and, you know, kind of what your roles are in the business, but how has it been having, you know, a partner and have, and, and really that division of, responsibilities? And do you think that you would have been able to, outside of the, you know, obviously there are the financial benefits, right? You can pool financial capital to be able to scale quicker because you guys bought additional territories. You're able to uh, have some acquisitions to grow, which I think would be interesting to talk about right after this. But, um, you know, what has that been like and how helpful has that been um, having a partner and any advice to anyone who's considering uh, uh, buying a franchise or, or anything with a partner. So a partnership's like a marriage, you know, and there, there's all the, you know, you hear all the caveats about partnerships and how they fail and, and all that. And I think it's, it's, it's really important to know, uh, one that you're going to enjoy spending a lot of time with that person, um, that you, you, you have a, like your goals are like-minded, you know, you have mm-hmm. to be kind of focused on, the same goals in life, in business. Um, and then I, I think I have an offsetting uh, strengths is, you know, really the biggest key uh, that's made us work so well is, you know, we're not trying to overstep each other. You know, we just have a lot of trust and, and we're able to go do things without even having to communicate with the other sometimes, you know, I mean, we just trust each other enough that we're doing the right things all the time. 
And, you know, and you have to have that trust. It's, it's, um, it's part of the deal. And it, it, you know, when you make this kind of investment, you know, you're, you're spending the bulk of your life, <laughs> you know, in, invested into this business or whatever it is, you know, there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of, you know, it, time and involvement. And you just, you really just want to make sure that, you know, one, you're not overstepping, you know, you're not going to be the same type of person, personality, trying to step on each other's toes because you have a different, little different idea of how things should be. Um, you know, you just got to kind of find the lanes and pick and choose the lanes and say, I'm entrusting you to go this way and do these things. And we can come back and we'll talk about it and like bounce ideas off and kind of the same in the other direction. Um, you know, I, I think that's, it's extremely important. And I could, I could always see where it could go sideways on folks, you know, like, you know, all those caveats to it. Yeah. (laughs) It really, it really is. Um, you know, you really have to be very careful up front and make sure you're, you know, you're really, you really find the right person to do some things with, but when you do, man, imagine it's just two of you doing two different things, you know, and it, it just allows for you to be better. You know, I, I'll get like a quick example. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really always involved in driving the business and the numbers and the goals and the, you know, all the stuff and, and which you, I'm sure you can relate, relate yeah. to. Um, and Lloyd, Lloyd's, uh, he's the president of our advisory council for the franchisees. Um, he just, yeah, I'll, I'll say he kind of got a, we got franchise of the year last year and it's really because he's so involved. Oh yeah. Thank oh, you. <laughs> congrats, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. He's so, he's so involved with, with corporate and the franchisees and just, and, and the, the, I'll call it the politics side, but it, I mean, it kind of is that right. And there's, there is a lot of, a lot to gain from that. And I've learned a lot from him with that. Cause I'm just like the trailblazer. I'm, you know, independent, like I'm just going to go and, um, you know, his, him going and kind of working that side and building those relationships and creating partnerships with other franchisees. Cause he's helped them come along and all that. It's been a really good example for me to know, like some of the things that I, you know, if I don't have, cause he's a lot older than I am, I don't have him anymore, you know, in the future, if he you know decides to retire or whatnot, then, uh, you know, I, I, now I have a better idea of the whole picture where, you know, I, so I can see where his strengths gained us ground, uh, in, in, along with mine. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's, uh, that's really cool. And yeah, congrats on franchisee of the year. That's a huge, that's a huge deal. That's really Thank exciting. You. Cause you guys are, I mean, budget blinds is a big concept. I mean, how many territories or franchisees are there in the system? There's over 1200. Wow. Wow. So that's yeah. a huge accomplishment. That's really yeah. epic. That's amazing. Yeah. Man. And I, I really, I mean, we do a lot corporates local and, you know, they send everybody down to train and, you know, we, and, you know, we're, we're always welcome, you know, cause we're, we're the largest franchise local to them. So we, we, you know, we allow them, like, we, we just spend a lot of time with them and it's, you know, it's, it's mutually beneficial and, you know, we have a lot of fun and there's a good culture with corporate too, which, you know, that's a, that's kind of a whole nother conversation yeah. in contrast to Regis and Supercuts, but. Um, yeah. Culture is important in the way, I mean, they're just, they're different with different brands. And so, yeah, it is. That's super important. Right. Can you talk, totally. can you talk about that? Like how, how would someone, how would someone really get a feel for that for the beginning? Like hindsight being 2020 and like taking a look back, like how, how could you be able to see like the red flags or re- be able to really distinguish that as like, eh, am I going to actually enjoy being a part of this? So, you, you know, when you, when you start, when you start getting into franchise, and I think it's real easy to um, get blindsided by, you know, what's going on. And I, they control the narrative, the franchisors will onboarding you, they're selling they're, they're, That's, they have a whole department. That's what they do is, is sell franchises. And, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can, um, cause they do discovery calls. Like we do, you know, on both sides, you do discovery calls with other franchisees, um, I mean, I think you really want to ask a lot of questions and, and, and understand that if you can talk to franchisees within the system that are successful, that you can relate to them, you know, that because I think there's franchises for different personalities, even, you know, they're it, and, and so I yep. think you, you, you don't, you, you don't want to get blindsided. Like I'm just excited about the whole thing. And I, you know, I just want to do this and, and all that and not do your due diligence and not ask the questions and not really do as many discovery calls as you possibly can. 
and see how excited the franchisees are, but see that, see how their personalities are and see if it's somebody that you can really relate to. Um, because I could tell you for sure, if we go to do discovery calls with Regis and Supercuts and the successful franchisees on that side versus with budget blinds and HFC, they're different. There's different personalities, different, you know, different ways of getting excited. You know, the operations are completely different, you know, um, you know, like, uh, like Regis is not a sales organization. So if you're a sales driven person, they're a operations and marketing company ultimately mm-hmm. where budget blinds is it's in home sales and, you know, sales is, you know, kind of drives everything. And then, you know, everything else just comes after, where you don't have a lot of control over that on the supercut side, you know? So it's, you just got to know where, where you want to go. Are you really good at, you know, finding good people and putting a structure around and maybe, you know, dabbling in the marketing or just a really good rule follower, I guess is, is, you know, there's franchises for that. Yeah. Or are you a little bit more dynamic where you, you know, you're sales driven and you are a networking person and you, you know, find a franchise that kind of fits that and find franchisees in, in that system that you can relate to. Uh, I think that was, that's probably, that would be my best advice is, you know, see what they think. Don't just, don't just put your blinders on and be like, I'm, I want to do this because it's exciting. And, you know, <laughs> I got sold the goods, you know. Definitely, oh, yeah. do, definitely do your due diligence because, you you know, you can get burned in the system. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I tell people that all the time. Like when people come, like I had someone one time, they, uh, they came to me wanting to look at it. They were looking at a pizza franchise and uh, they came to me basically, basically like, hey, like we pretty much made up our mind, but we want to, you know, we want to hire you because I do like coaching and stuff. And, and I'm like, well, well, if you already made up your mind, like, why would you want to hire me? And they're like, well, to make sure that we're making the best decision. And I'm like, well, the first thing I'm going to tell you if we work together is that there's zero, that there's no way you could know if you want to do this. You haven't even seen the FDD yet. You haven't even been to a like a discovery day yet. How in the world do you know that you want to do this? I'm like, you can't have that. You can't get emotionally excited. Like, you can get excited, but you got to go in there cautiously. And guess what? They wind up not doing that business, doing a completely different business. And they're like, we are so happy we wind up working with you because we would have made a huge mistake. Not that the pizza business is a bad business, but depends on your goals, objectives, and the food business is a beast, by the way. Yeah. I, well, I just, you know, yeah, food industry. I don't even think I would touch it, but <laughs> that's a whole other thing. The, I left the, for the, a reason. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 you know, the, the business I thought I wanted to do was super cuts. And now I, now I don't, now I know I don't really enjoy that side of things. Right. It's just not a good fit for me personally. I see so many people that are successful in, in that model that, and it works great for them. It's not me. Um, you know, and the business that I was like, I don't even know anything about window coverings. I don't, that doesn't even sound interesting to me. <laughs> it turns out to be, you know, the, the perfect, perfect business uh, for me ultimately. So it's just, it's crazy. That's amazing. That. <laughs> yeah. It is funny because I do, I do, I do have people sometimes and I hear people say, they're like, ah, I don't know that. And, and what's funny is those, those same, those same individuals that I work with, they wind up, uh, buying a martial arts franchise. And at first they were like, ah, like what, what is, what is this? And, uh, and then they wind up falling in love with the concept for a variety of different reasons. But I mean, talk, talk a little bit about that. I mean, in terms of like you, yeah, you, I remember in the beginning you said, Hey, uh, when your when your mom brought up budget blinds, it was like, you were like, I can't really see myself doing that. So what was that turning point? And then what, what advice would you give to, to someone that, you know, in order to be more open-minded so that they can align with a better business is it about just making sure they're choosing the right model. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, not getting too excited and, you know, getting sold the goods essentially, um, you know, cause it, it's not really the franchisor's responsibility to a hundred percent, you know, they do have some skin in the game to pick the right franchisees ultimately, but um you know, some are better at it than others. Some, some put a little bit more care into like personality traits and different things that better fit their, their business model. But, um, you know, for, for, for me, I'd already had a little bit of contrast with the supercuts 
slow going. It's going to take a long time. And you get one store and you kind of know what one store is going to do. One store is not going to do it for me. You know, it's going to have to be multiple, multiple, multiple. And so if it's taking this long to do one, how long is it going to take me to get to 10, 15? And, you know, and then, and, and so without that contrast, I don't know that I even would have done the, the budget blinds thing. Interesting. Because once I got my hands on that and I saw, you know, the margins and the scalability and, you know, the, the lack of boundaries as such as, you know, you have a little retail location or you have big geographical, you know, areas to cover, um, you know, the, you know, this is the daunting part was me. I was like, I don't have the construction background or any, you know, cause we're, you know, out there doing installs and all that, you know, but, yeah. you know, you quickly realize that one installing window coverings is not extremely complicated. You uh, installed mine at my store. Oh, that's right. Didn't I you? totally did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to send my installers all the way up there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to go visit my supercuts and install the blinds at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. And I ended up doing that smile direct club in the same parking lot. I ended up doing the, the front wave bank in the same parking lot. Did you? This, that's, the sun was killer in that shopping center. I mean, oh. at a certain time of the day, the sun would just beam in there and just destroy you. So yeah, those blind those blinds did very well. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it just I the more I looked at it, I'm like, I can do this, I can grow this, and it's already substantial enough that even if it was as is, it's still doing better than you know what we would be doing for many many years doing the run up for supercuts. So it was a lot about timelines and the ability to grow. Um, you know, I will say, and I'll, I'll give. So our, you know, our parent company, Home Franchise Concepts, you know, they have a lot of these brands now that are in-home sales. They have, you know, closet re, you know, closet remodel, garage remodel, bathroom remodel, cabinet company. They have now they have concrete, you know, and they're all very similar business models where, you know, and I I have a I've learned now like trade businesses are are going to get consolidated over time. You know, it's always been this handyman, this and that, you know, it's been very fragmented industry. But if you think about younger generations, they're not really doing any of that. They, they don't want to work with their hands necessarily, you know, so there's just, it, it, it makes it hard to hire. But what it's also going to do is the, the, those business owners will retire and get out and then it's going to get consolidated. And I think, you know, the, the industry that we're in now along with some of those others that the parent company offers have some big potential long-term for consolidation in that side of the world. Um, and cause it, it never, it really hasn't been done that way. And it really hasn't been, you know, all the franchises are fairly new in that side of the world. So, you know, it, now in hindsight, like I kind of realized that, you know, I, I, I'm in the right kind of niche that is also, it's a small industry. So the competition is not crazy. So the margins are decent, decent enough for me to take care of my customers in the way that I want to take care of my customers and not be squeezed down to a commodity price. Um, and, you know, it's just, I feel like the, we're just kind of the tip of the iceberg ultimately, because eventually it's going to be hard for people to do any kind of, you know, small, um, you know, any kind of small, uh, remodeling or, or, you know, in-home type work, because it's just going to be hard to find the people. So if you're big enough to get, you know, the attract, the attract those people that are out there, then now you can outcompete, <laughs> you know, your competitors. You mean in terms of the labor, like the if labor, you're able to secure the labor. The labor. Yeah. Right. You know, so we can create the environment to secure all the workers. And then, you know, the other businesses, ultimately, if they can't have the, they don't have the staff that they, they're not able to, to continue to grow. But I feel yeah. like that side of that thought that it, it is, you know, so I, I, I and they've been consolidated, they've been acquiring all these brands underneath, you know, there's a mold remediation one, you know, so there's all that. I, I think they're investing in that same future of, um, you know, it's going to be harder for you to just go find this local handyman. Like you need a, you need a brand that you can trust to go out and do these things. And people yeah. get burned all the time yeah. by, handyman and even in in our industry we have folks get burned by we call them trunk slammers or just you know somebody just working out of the back of their car and you know hitting up these new neighborhoods and canvassing the neighborhoods and just going out and selling just the cheapest stuff um you know eventually they don't run a very good business and they go away <laughs> so yeah i you know i think that's one of the really 
big benefits of owning a franchise is if they have a name, at least like, I mean, uh, again, I I think a budget blinds is really a household name. Like I wouldn't question at all the, uh, I think when we were in, I'm pretty sure when we bought our first house in Jacksonville, we moved to Florida from California. I'm pretty sure we used budget blinds. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's who we use. My wife handled it, but it's just, you kind of know what you're getting. It's just like, you know, you go to a Chick-fil-A, you go to, well, maybe McDonald's, a different experience, but at least you know what to expect, even if the if that's knowing to expect a crappy experience. So, yeah, I think that's a very interesting perspective, man, because, uh, and I think the home services uh, space, yeah, it's just going to continue to 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 blow up too, for sure. And there's, yeah, there are a lot of people who are like, ah, I don't want to own that kind of business, but it's like, you're not, you're not going to be the one out there doing the work. Uh, okay. You might get in trouble one, you know, one or two times a year as you're growing, you might got to, you might need to do the work, you know, once or twice here or there. If your next door neighbor wants some blinds, you might be in there installing it like Adam was, but, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that you at least have to have some aptitude for it because it's hard to have hold people accountable and hire the right people if you don't understand their role. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Actually having to do it every day. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, well, lastly, I think the last thing to uh, to touch on is like, what's what's next? What's your what's your vision? Are you going to open up more of those other brands under HFC? Or are you going to continue to try to acquire um, more locations under budget blinds? Like, where do you see the vision of where you want to be? You know, in five, ten years from now. Yeah, we we uh, we made our our fifth acquisition. So we, we only had four up until about a year ago. So the fifth acquisition came about a year ago. So we're, we're reinvesting into that. And I think we really haven't done much in, you know, the run-up is, is still pretty heavy. So we still got a lot of return coming from that. The Nashville territories are only about a year old. You know, I, I, I've learned, you know, I used to just want everything and I've learned, you know, not to rob Peter to pay Paul in sense. And so, um, really trying to get the most out of what we have and make sure that we're doing everything properly. If there's obvious acquisitions, we'll make them if, especially if they're adjacent, you know, that, that, you know, everybody kind of knows around like all the neighboring franchises are, they already know that, you know, we, we, they can come to us if they decide they want to get out of the business. Um, ultimately, um, you know, it, it, there's a, there's opportunities still, you know, within what we do. So I, I, I want to keep reinvesting into the business. You know, my business partner, you know, Lloyd may retire within a few years. So things may change at that point. Um, so it just really depends on, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as like go hard and fast as I used to be, you know, I, I'm a lot I'm more sure. strategic about it. You know, it used to be like, just, just gobble up everything and let's commit. And, you know, now, you know, I think, Ultimately, one of the other brands would be probably the next step if we really wanted to grow significantly because we already have the footprint and the model is the same. It's just a different part of the house, ultimately. Um, so, yeah, we, we, I mean, it's, it's something that we would consider. Um, you know, part of the consulting stuff that we're doing right now with those consultants is, you know, it's, it is help, have, having them help us analyze things to add value to the business ultimately. And so, these are outside consultants, right? They're outside consultants. Um, yeah. So they're, they're focused on, you know, they're, they're a cool little uh, entity because they're, they're a law firm that does tax, you know, estate planning. They're, 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 they're like, they do all the finance work. They, they have folks that can go in and even look at our product lines, buy the product line and give us advice on pricing models and things like that. Wow. Um, they, you know, so there's you know, marketing advice there, you know, they can go, if we want to go run scenarios on buying an, or making an acquisition or, or taking on another brand within, you know, they, they can help us run the models on it. And so, you know, that's why we're doing what we're doing is what can we do to add value? But, you know, right now spending the time with them, it's, there's still a lot of things that are left on the table with, with what we got and, you know, putting the general manager in place, you know, there's probably another year or two of us just, you know, reinvesting in the things that we have, you know, recognized as opportunities, commercial window coverings, we were do minimal of that. And there's big, huge bids. I mean, it, it could double our business ultimately to get into that space. Wow. Yeah. So wow, it doesn't always have to be taking on more locations 
you know, yeah. I think there's usually a pretty significant amount of opportunities still within, you know, doing what you're doing. So, which is what they've kind of showed us and what we, we kind of already knew to some extent, but you know, they're showing us like, you don't have to go out and spend money on something else necessarily. You can dial this in and dial that in. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's a, an amazing gem to, uh, to, to, to cap it off on, which is it's, it's basically like the grass isn't always greener and you can go deeper rather than having to go wider, which right. is, which is interesting. So cool, man. I really enjoyed it. This was uh, this was epic. I think there were so many amazing gems and, and, uh, your story is really fascinating. Congratulations on your success and, yeah. and franchisee of the, uh, of the year. And, uh, maybe I'll have you on in another year and we'll see, uh, where, uh, where things are at at that point. Yeah. Let me know. I'll, I'll definitely do that. It's been fun. Absolutely, man. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, before we go, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I put my heart and soul into providing you value through this podcast so that you can live your dream life. So please subscribe if you haven't already. And the biggest thank you you could ever give me is to drop a review because more reviews equal this podcast getting more listens, which means we can share this message with more people and hopefully positively inspire them like we have you. You can also share it with someone you care about that you believe may benefit from listening. Thank you and talk to you soon.